Hey, what's up, everyone? My name's Jacob, and welcome to the Cut for Time podcast. We're so excited that you've joined us today to take a listen. Uh, the Cut for Time podcast is pretty simple. We do a deep dive into the message that was shared last week at Embrace Church. We just asked the question, what was cut for time? What, did, what didn't you get to talk about? What's still on your heart that you want to dive deeper on? And today uh, I'm joined by uh, one of the pastors here at Embrace, Mr. Adam Weber, who shared the message this last week. How's it going, Adam? Going so well. Always a pleasure to sit down. Uh, love the podcast and just grateful for the time with you, Jacob. Absolutely. So we we started a series this last Sunday called YouTube Fails and Rabbit Trails, possibly one of the catchiest titles ever put together. And the West Side campus pastor, Travis Fink, would love to have the plug on here that he came up with that he name. <laughs> I love that you know he's the one who came up with it, because I was just going to say that T. Fink, Travis Fink, gosh, he's so good looking. He's the one who came up with this this title. So this this title, YouTube Fails and Rabbit Trails, where the series as a whole is talking about the fact that we are quick to run to different things. We are quick to run to things like social media and our phones and YouTube to fill and satisfy the places within us. And so we're kicking off this series. It's fall. It's a series that we're hoping will um, really reach people outside the church. Someone who doesn't come to embrace might see this and say, gosh, I'm just curious enough that I might come. So it's a, a catchy series and yet a series we're praying will bring about life change. Um, truly, just really jumping in. And I pray that when we leave each week that we are no longer the same people. So week one in this series, we talked about the fact, uh, we talked about failure and, and failing. And we started off by, by sharing about how we, there's something inside of us that loves to see people fail. We love to people see people screw up you know, with funny YouTube videos where they trip and fall, make a fool of themselves. But even more than that, we secretly, like some, for some crazy reason, enjoy watching people screw up their lives, which is just sick. When you really begin to look at it, you're like, why do we do this? And yet that's what we click on. That's what we share. That's what we comment about either online. If we're not online, that's what we, we, we share the juicy details about with the people in our circles, with our friends, when we get coffee with. And so we just talked about failure and how particularly the people that we don't like, we love to watch them fail. And from there, we springboarded into the story of the Good Samaritan. Yeah. I mean, people's failures in a lot of ways have become a form of entertainment. One of the things that I honestly thought about immediately when you start talking about YouTube video, which by the way, there's so many things that I can honestly say I've sat in church and it's like tithing and serving. It's like, man, I'm not convicted yet. And then it's like, who sits in their bed for three hours straight watching YouTube videos? And I'm like, ooh, convicted right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, no, he's going after me so hard right now. <laughs> Gosh darn! It, I've watched this. I've watched this guy do a drum cover of this song fifteen times in a row now. <laughs> um, but but no, I, I it got me thinking about just even uh, entertainment right now and some of the shows. Like I mean, a lot of the reality TV that I thought about. I mean, you think about shows like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and everyone stops watching actually when they start falling in love at the end. <laughs> When every when everything's like a hot mess in the beginning, and everyone's fighting each other, and there's just failure all over the place. It's like this is great TV. And then as soon as it's like 
oh, now they're in love and they're going to be happy. I'm not going to watch anymore. <laughs> so that's so true. I'm like, at first when I was thinking about it, kind of the lightheartedness, you're like, oh my gosh, this is us as a culture and as, a, as human beings. But really when you begin to look into it further, it's like, no, like in a really dark way, we enjoy yeah. watching people fail. Even someone came up to me and he's like, I've never thought about that. Why do we enjoy and even celebrate the demise of other people? Yeah, It's just like, it's in our flesh though. I mentioned Jesus when he was being nailed to a cross, that people are hurling insults on him. Like we, we it's part of our flesh, our human nature is to, to enjoy watching other people fail. I think there's a bunch of different reasons for it. It makes us feel better about ourselves. When we can tear down another person, when someone else made the train wreck of their life, we feel better about the place that we are. And and so I, I think there's a bunch of different reasons, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So we, we, we looked at, you know, we definitely approached it from the angle of like, let's not celebrate failures. Let, let's not run to that immediately. But at the same time, you know, uh, there's stories like Abraham Lincoln. I think about that, like that famous elementary school poster where it's like, it's basically like failure after failure after failure that he experienced that led him to who he became. So, I mean, isn't there kind of like a positive side to failure as well? Yeah. I even think about Michael, Michael Jordan and him, just how many he yeah. got cut from his high school basketball team. No, I, I the, some of the, one of the things that got cut from it is really talking about the positive side of failure for anyone who has failed, um, particularly in, a, in like a non-moral sort of way. It was just like, I failed at doing this. I didn't get this job. I failed as a leader. And there wasn't this huge immoral part of it. When people, even if there is an immoral part of it, actually, now that I'm saying that, when people are quick to share their failures, for someone or some reason, it makes me respect them even more. Um, it really, there's something inviting about a person saying it, it's disarming, particularly when the person now has success and instead of mentioning their success right away, they talk about their failure. It's an inviting sort of thing. And I, I know for myself, I am not perfect. I don't have things figured out. And so when someone kind of portrays perfection, I'm like, gosh, I really don't have much to learn from you. But when someone's quick to say, Hey, yeah, God's done some really cool things. And it's really cool to be where I'm at right now. But let me tell you about the places that I've failed. That that's It's inviting. Um, even when my, my parents have shared about just times they've failed and have allowed me to see them fail. Um, my dad, I, he was always quick to say he's sorry. And that was always such a powerful thing to me that my hero, my Superman, was admitting that he had screwed up in small ways and whatever ways. That was something really powerful about that. And, and I, I think just even humility-wise, um, there's something powerful when we're willing to admit our failures to others. And so maybe that's even a challenge for someone listening right now. You know that you're quick to verbally hand out your resume and all the successes you've had. But what about the failures? And, and what, what, what do you have to learn from your failures? And what can someone else learn from your failures? Yeah, even just hearing you, uh, you've talked before just even about kind of the history of Embrace and what it took to get Embrace where it was when you were growing that church early on. I'm sure you probably experienced things that were failures, like, hey, let's try this, and it didn't work. And that led to what, you know, to what Embrace Church is now. Oh, it's so many ways, even like making decisions. Like the first three years of our church, we were almost closed. We were Sunday evening service. And I thought that when we got to a Sunday morning service, we'd grow. I never knew we'd double in size. But for the first three years, 
you know, I was like, maybe that's kind of important, but not that important. That I look back at that, that was a season of failure. Um, even something I, I've I've been really candid about, even as a leader, one of the areas that I feel like I failed a lot in in the past is caring for my team. I'm a, I'm a um, I'm a go person. I'm a run person. Highly relational, except for some reason during eight to five during the week. I'm just like I want to work hard. Let's do it and let's just run. And in the first three years of the church. Um, I was programmed to not really have many people pouring into me, caring for me. And so I kind of had this mentality of like, just pull yourself up and start running. Well, looking back, that was a leadership failure. Me not realizing, no, I need to, I need to bring people along. I can't keep running ahead of everybody way ahead and lose everybody behind. And more than that, they're humans and no one's going to care for an organization as much as the, the leader particularly if they founded the organization. And so mm-hmm. I even look at that, that, that for me, no question has been a leadership failure that I've had to learn from. And, um, I, it's been a growth area, something I continue to grow in, but no question. Um, there's been so many failures along, along the way. Yeah. I always appreciate your vulnerability oh. with, with sharing things like that. I, I appreciate that a lot. And I, I mean, even just speaking from my end, when I think about failure, I would say that Honestly, my, my generation, so I'm 27 years old. My generation and younger, I think because we've grown up with the internet as such a as such a huge piece of our lives, especially the social media aspect, that there's honestly this like crippling fear to ever share failure or even have a failure yeah. at all. And so what that's done is there's a lot of fear in taking risks. But if you read any leadership book, if you listen to any leadership podcasts, almost everyone is saying, hey, if you're not risking, you're not growing. Hey, if you're not risking, you're not, you're not learning. And it's like, well, I, I'm not sure I want to risk because then what if I fail and then my failure is just blasted out everywhere for how I you know, tried to do this thing and it, and it blew up in my face and didn't go well at all. I'd rather just not risk and stay safe than experience you know, that type of failure. Oh, and I, that's so true. And even just now that you've said that, even for someone myself, I'm 37, um, in, in leadership, but also in your personal life and walk with Christ, I feel like there's a greater punishment for failure now. Before, if you had a failure, you lost your job, you know, you had an affair, it would still spread in the community somewhat. Now it's like a grass fire. Like yeah. you fail in every, like you fail a customer even, and you have a bad day where you say something you shouldn't, bam, where before there wasn't that ability. And so I I think there is. And now being able to see the success of others, marriage wise, family wise, like occupation wise, house wise, travel wise. Now all of a sudden, you know what other people are doing and it's blasted out there. And so there is this heightened awareness. Right now, there's like a cyclone taking place outside. You might have heard of that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The world might, like Noah's Ark, we might need an Ark. If that, right? Yeah. If that's coming through on the mics, if our, if our listeners can hear that right now. <laughs> this is, we're, we're on the recovery day of the, what everyone will, when they listen to this, they'll know as the Sioux Falls tornado, the first in 30 <laughs> years. It's like a huge deal. I, I, was, I was talking to people out there. I was like, man weather events like this, Midwesterners are going to have something to talk about in over the next 30 years <laughs> so because true. we love talking about weather. <laughs> oh, it's so true. No, but, but now that we have this sense of, of it, like this awareness, I really think even tying into the series, there is a greater 
punishment or a consequence to failure. Yeah. And so it is a scarier thing of like, man, I don't want to fail. I know even for myself, I'm, I'm worried. Am I going to say something that comes out wrong? Am I going to say so? There, there's almost this fear mentality in so many ways. And yet uh, we have a God who says, don't be afraid. Don't be controlled by, by fear. And so God, obviously, I don't want to have a, a moral failure, no doubt. But Lord, I want to trust you. I want to be used by you. I want to lean into that. And so I think where, where you're at, Jacob, but also where, where I'm at, man, fa- the, it fa- failure is scary. And it's one thing to say, like, if you're not failing, you're not, you're not trusting God enough. You're not stepping out in faith enough. But failure hurts. Um, More and more, though, I I can say that I'm getting more comfortable with it. Um, But it's taken time. Like, I I can see that I am getting more comfortable with, like, hey, that's an okay thing. And particularly, I think that comes with having failed, and then to see um, the next step in the journey of, like, hey, the sun will come up tomorrow. You failed. That's okay. Call it a failure. Don't don't try to sugarcoat it. It was a failure. But hey, Adam, I got something for you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's such a it's such a relational touch point too. Because I mean, you kind of alluded to this earlier, but it's really hard to feel like you're on the same page or relate to with someone who has apparently never failed or never messed up ever. So for you know for any anyone listening right now, if you're a follower of Jesus and you want to connect with people and show how Jesus has changed your life, you're going to have to get comfortable with failure. You know, you're going to have to get comfortable with sharing that failure because it's really hard to relate to what maybe appears a perfect person, right? Yeah. I think in our failures, again, life failures of making a poor decision, I think that is where we're able to actually give God the credit over and over and over again. Yeah, I made this mistake, but God... I did this, but God wasn't finished with me. I had this take place, but let me tell you what God has done in and through even this. And I think those moments of weakness and failure, again, they connect us with other people who are human and imperfect and have had failures themselves. And more than anything, it just gives us the opportunity to point right back to God. Like, but let me tell you about Jesus and how even the, the one of the hot songs right now by Elevation, what, uh, uh, basically you took what, what the enemy meant for evil and he turned it for good. Yeah. I mean, just, I just think about those moments in our, in our lives where the enemy meant this for evil, but let me tell you how God used it for good. Let me tell you how God used it for good. And, and on it, oftentimes our place of brokenness becomes our place of passion. And those are moments where it's all God. Um, it's like, let me tell you about what God has done in and through me, what God has done for me, how God brought me through this. And um, God gets the credit in those moments. Yeah. And so this last Sunday, the, a big piece of the message, the story that you shared was uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. And there's a lot of different people going on. You know, there's a lot of different people in that story that we can explore what they're doing, how they're interacting with this situation. Is there anything that was cut for time with the, the Good Samaritan story? Yeah. So a, a couple different things. I, I mentioned it in one phrase, but... I, just to unpack it a little bit more. So there's this man, Jesus tells a story because he's asked who, is, who your neighbor is. And Jesus tells a story about this man that was beat by the side of the road and two guys who you'd expect to help him. So he was beat up by bandits. Um, he was robbed. He was beat up. He was left to dead by the side of the road. So that's the first group. And we talked about in failure terms, those are the people who see someone fail and they run and like throw rocks at them and all this kind of thing. The second two people though, 
that um, we expect to help the man are two religious people who see the man on the side of the road. They cross over to the other side of the road to ignore him, and they keep on walking. Those are the good religious people. And when you read the story at first glance, the bandits are obviously terrible, horrible people. They just mug some guy, beat him up, and left him to die. But Jesus wasn't pleased with the good religious person either. The, the person who sees something, realizes it's wrong, realizes something is someone is hurting, and chooses to do nothing. And I yeah. think that's the person that is harder to decipher when it's us. Like it's a it's like I'm a good Christian and I, I love Jesus and I would definitely not hurt somebody, but Jesus would say, But you also wouldn't help them. Like you're the person who saw and realized something was wrong and you crossed over and you kept go, kept on going because you were too busy, because you didn't want to get in the, involved in the mess, because you worried it would hurt your own reputation. Like there's so many different reasons, but Jesus was not pleased with that person either. And, and I, I, I've, I've seen in my own life, this was something someone else brought up on our team during message review this last week. They said the bandits, yeah, you're upset with them and they hurt you and you, they wronged you. But the person that hurts the most when you're the person on the side of the road is the good religious person. Yeah. The person who sees what happened to you or what was done to you and they know it was wrong and they choose to do nothing because they're too busy, because they don't want to get involved, it's too messy, they don't want to hurt their own reputation. And that person actually hurts worse than the bandits. I can't remember who, I want to give credit to who it was, Let's just say T Fink. T Fink's great at everything. <laughs> it was probably him again. It was probably him again. That guy. But I'm like, man, it's, that's so true. That person hurts even more because it's like, you know, this isn't right, and yet you cho- chose not to help. And so that was one thing that got cut. The other thing that got 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 the other thing really with that is really in this story, the only one that Jesus was pleased with is the Samaritan, the most unlikely a person. He helps, and he goes above and beyond. I almost left that out too. We kept it in there. I, not kept it in there. Someone said, you need to make sure we like understand what the Samaritan did because it's easy to glance over. But if you've heard the story a bunch, it's like, sure, he helped him. No, he didn't just help him. He stopped. He cleaned his wounds, put the man on his donkey, brought him to a hotel, cared for him in the hotel, paid for the hotel, went to the hotel manager and said, if this man needs anything else, next time I come through town, I'm paying it. I mean, above and beyond. And that's what Jesus asked of us. That's the person who loved his neighbor as himself. And that's who Jesus, that's who Jesus wants us to be. Basically, if just because you're not doing something bad doesn't mean you're doing anything good. Yes. Right? Yes. And sadly, so often... What we equate the Jesus following life to be is not doing anything bad. Right? It's like, do, just don't do anything bad. Just don't do That's anything bad. The, the stuffy, rule following, strict as can be, just don't do anything wrong. Yeah. That's, just, just scoot by and don't do anything wrong. Just don't do anything wrong. Yes. We think that's the call of Christ. That's not the call of Christ. The call of Christ is not to not do anything bad. It's to do good. It's to help. It's to forgive. <clears throat> it's to assist someone, to care for someone, even if it's a person that you're supposed to hate, like the Samaritan was supposed to hate this Jewish man. That's the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like going and putting a man, cleaning him up, putting him on your donkey, bringing him to this inn, paying for the inn, 
Why? Because Jesus has done the same exact thing for us. That's the way of Jesus. Yeah. So it's not just idly standing by. It's it's getting our hands involved. Not because we we're trying to earn God's love, but because he's loved us so well. Absolutely. That's a that's a word for you today. That's that that is awesome. And I when I think about the two the two religious people who stepped to the other side of the road, uh, I I can only speculate as to what they were talking about. But I, I seriously, the first thing that popped in my head is I go, you know what I bet they were talking about before they passed the guy on the side of the road who's beaten up there? They were probably saying, you know what, people need to start helping people who are on the side of the road beaten up more often. People need to help those type of people. And then they saw him and they went, well, we're just going to step over to the side of the road over here and uh, not help him out. And like it, I, I just feel like that just, that's so common where it's like, you know, but someone needs to help him. So, someone needs to help him. <laughs> Oh no! I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> like, like you know, like I am so passionate about helping out people who are beaten up on the side of the road. Have you ever done it before? Well, no, no, I've never actually helped anyone before. <laughs> it's like, it's like, well, how are you passionate about it? But like, I, I again, I can only speculate. But like, I feel like that's just such a common thing to be walking down the road talking about. Man, people need to do more positive things in the world, and then we just walk right by that guy. We just walk right by him and just, again, hope that someone else will step up. Man, there's so many people out there hurting right now. There's so many people in bad situations. Like, now's the time to step up. It's not the time to step over to the side of the road. Now's the time to step up and help those people out. And it takes courage to do that. Yep. It takes courage. It takes sacrifice. It takes intentionality to do that because it is so much easier to be good and religious. I'm putting that in quotes. And to cross over and keep on walking mm-hmm. and to, to talk about it, to talk about it, to never, but never to live it out. And here's what, here's something else I just thought of when, 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 when you and I, or when someone listening has been that person on the side of the road, the Samaritans who showed up are people we will never forget. Absolutely. They're people at the end of our lives. We'll tell our kids about, we'll, we'll, we'll tell our kids about that person. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the people that you're just like, I, I physically can't repay you for what you did in that moment. You stood by my side when no one else did. You helped me, and you didn't just help me. You threw me on your donkey, and you brought me to a hotel, and you cared for me when I, I was at my lowest moment. And I, I just think what that is when we get to shine so bright for Jesus. It's like, why are you helping because I want to. But why? You don't have to do this because I want to. It, it's it's it just completely it, it takes the world like it just turns it upside down. Mm-hmm. Those are people we never forget. And um and, and also when when this the times that I'm far from having anything figured out, the times that I have stepped out and and, and helped that person, I'm so far from perfect, but the times I've stepped out and tried to help there's so much joy and peace. The moment we take that step out of our comfort zone, realizing something might, someone might criticize me for this. Someone might point fingers for helping this person. Someone might look at me differently. When we overcome that fear and step out, there's so much joy and freedom in life. Um, and I, I think partly because we're, we're close to God in that moment. We're close to the heart of Jesus and it fills us. And and leads and leads other people well and sets the tone. I've been so I like I've got to experience that joy even just from 
today, again, we are living in the in the wreckage of Sioux Falls tornado 2019, and all these people from Embrace Church have been posting things on Facebook saying, hey, does anyone all need help picking stuff up in their yard? Hey, is there anyone else? I mean, like, those people who are going to, who going and helping out, like, those families who needed the help, you're right. Like, they will never forget that. It's like, I don't even know who this person is, but they cared so much to just come and help me out with this. It's awesome. Such a powerful thing. It's it's tr- it's it's amazing, and and it becomes contagious. Like when we when we start is. to do that, you're like, I want to turn every day into an adventure. Like I want to do this every day. I want to stick up for that person every day. And I, I think I I think it's really it builds our faith when we begin to step out. All of a sudden, it's like a muscle that you use, and you have more confidence. There's less fear the next time. Of course, I'm going to help that person. The next time, absolutely, I'm going to help them. Could it hurt my reputation? Sure. I really don't care. I'm helping you. And so it's it's just this muscle that grows and grows and grows the more we use it. Yep. I just, I just, I love how all of that is connected of, you know, we take that risk because it is a risk when we choose to not step over to the side of the road. It's a risk when we choose to help that person because who knows what it's going to look like oh. once we get into that situation, right? So we take that risk and there is that risk of failure, but man... Watch God do the rest. Because truly, if we're on our own, you're like, yes, chances of failure, extremely high. <laughs> yes. With God with God on our side, when we take those risks, and it's something that we know that he would bless, that he would love, man, I, I, think, I, think, it's, I think it's hard to fail then. It's a good place to be. Absolutely. It's so good. So Absolutely. good. Absolutely. So is there, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up here. Is there any bit of a teaser at all for what is to come in the next uh, next installment of YouTube Fails and Rabbit Trails for this <laughs> next week? So, uh this next week, I'm starting out by sharing maybe TMI uh, a little bit, and so you'll get to know a little bit more about me at the start of the gate. <laughs> All right. Um, but I, I'm really, so at least come for the first five minutes. Of the just message, at least everyone. come for the first five minutes. It might be awkward. That's okay. Uh, I'm just going to share from the heart there. No, I'm I'm really excited. I just got done finished walking through uh, the message as a whole with the group. And so just really, really excited about it in general. It's going to, it's going to be a powerful week. The team as a whole just said, this is fantastic. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. And it was a team effort every week. This is something kind of cool for the listener. This is a week that I would say half of the message, kind of the structure of the message was, was me. And the other half was Travis Waltner. Um, <laughs> we just had a time where we spent an hour and he just helped me build it from the ground up. And so, um, really, really excited about where things are going. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Cut for Time podcast. We hope you guys tune in next week.